0: Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hello and welcome to episode 44, how to be an inspiring leader in nine ways. This is a focus on Dale Carnegie, and it's part four of four. And until now, we've covered basic ways to take care of yourself and to become more social, interact with people in a way that makes them feel good, leaves them with positive feelings, and helps you uh, get the job done by interacting with people healthily and uh, influencing and being influenced. Now we're going to take those skills to the next level, uh, become a leader. Now, being a leader doesn't mean that you have a managerial position. You might want that or you might not want that. We're all leaders in some ways because we are trying to share ideas and things that we believe in very strongly. And so these skills, yes, they certainly can be used and should be developed. A person is in a active leadership role, whether they are a teacher, principal, uh, manager, upper management, or executive in a company, it is very useful to study these things in more depth. However, uh, whatever position you're in, we're all leading someone because there are always people that look up to us. And hopefully there are always people that we look up to as well. So being a leader is about uh, developing our own morals, our own sense of Judgment and very importantly, understanding what motivates people. And Dale Carnegie was an expert motivator. So let's hear some nine ideas about how he goes about interacting with people in his time. And I believe that these things remain timeless even almost 70 plus years after they were written. Number one, begin with praise and honest appreciation. The biggest turnoff for a person is when you start insulting them, we're looking down on their actions and qualities. When we praise someone, and we show them appreciation for their qualities, this will help them see that we are looking out for them and we are acknowledging their strengths. And when we acknowledge people's strengths, that draws them closer to us and allows us to be more effective leaders. And this has to be done sincerely as well, but the idea is to focus on the positive qualities that this person has and give them praise to express it, give them appreciation of what they've done, and you will see how great and motivating this attention is. Number two, Focus on people's mistakes only indirectly. Nobody likes to be told no like we spoke about last week. Nobody likes to be called out straight out. We all like indirect references. Think about any time that you were confronted. Chances are uh, if it was done in a gentle way, you'll remember it and appreciate it. And if it was done in a rough confrontational manner, you probably don't appreciate it. And this applies to everyone, whether you're interacting with kids or adults or anyone in between. Uh, We all like to... Be able to save face and not have to call out our mistakes totally. There are times, of course, where someone refuses to admit their mistake, and that is something that we've talked about in the past, how to deal with. But here we're talking about just normal, regular, uh, healthy people who have a healthy self-esteem. But yet, it's also always appreciated when you can cushion some of the blow and not call attention to their negative mistakes uh, directly, but rather indirectly, can be very helpful. I would say. If they're still not getting the message and you think they are people that are normally receptive, then perhaps uh, revert back to a little bit more explicit manner of talking to them. Number three, talk about your own mistakes before criticizing, criticizing the other person. Uh, when you focus on your own mistakes, it shows that you're a vulnerable person that you're accepting, and then other people are willing to talk about their mistakes. Uh, when doing a debriefing, sometimes we can focus on the things that we've done wrong, and this will draw other people into the conversation. Great leaders are not afraid to admit their mistakes, and there certainly is a time and place for them to express humility. Number four, ask questions instead of giving orders. This is so important. In so many managerial positions, managers that I work with will complain to me that their employees are brainless and they don't know what to do when they're always checking in. And in nine times out of ten, when I figure out what's going on, I usually end up hearing about the fact that basically this boss is, well, doing exactly what his name is, being bossy. And so he's essentially cut out their brain power and made them get the impression that they cannot make decisions on their own. One of the healthiest things that we could do is to outsource the simple decisions. Uh, Tim Ferriss talks about the idea that as his company grew, uh, he would tell his employees that uh, any decision that you have to make that involves uh, foregoing $100 of profit That you don't even have to check in with me. And as the company made more and more money, it turned into 200, 300, 400, and 500. And now maybe it's even in the thousands. Uh, Yes, it's good to have someone who's in charge of the company and someone that you could check into who's ultimately responsible uh, for major decisions. However, it's always great to outsource. And one of the conversations that I have with anyone that works with me is exactly the parameters of what I trust them to make decisions regarding. And I generally will stay very far away from those things and keep it in their parameters. And then where I would like them to check in with me, where I draw that line. And that could be a really, really helpful thing. All right. So instead of giving orders, teach them to think, ask questions. Really, really powerful. Number five, a general statement is let the other person save face. Again, we don't like to call out people. We don't like to call them stupid or call them names, call attention to their mistakes, or even call attention to our disagreement with them. We don't have to be so abrupt. Be gentle, be kind, be compassionate and always look to give honor and respect to people. Now, of course, again, I'm talking about people that you're working with who are efficient and who are productive and healthy people. If you have an employee that is not producing and being dysfunctional, uh, then there are ways to deal with that. Of course, I would always use Dell Carnegie skills as the uh, initial way of engaging with them to try to figure out what motivates them and see what's going on in their their life, what they would like to share with you, and how you could help uh, accommodate them. But at the same time, I also have the opinion and I've learned this from Ray DeLeo and from other people that if something is not working for your company or uh, something is not working in the business dynamic of how you're interacting with people or the the interpersonal, look at it. And uh, if it's something that really you feel is not fixable, then fire quickly. Because leaving someone in the company that is not working efficiently and effectively and cooperatively is something that will ultimately cause damage. And there certainly are people that just don't jive together Um, And that's important to recognize that. Of course, there are ethics and there are ways to go about that. But that's beyond the scope of what we're discussing today. However, um, in a general sense, when you're dealing with reasonable people who are acting reasonably, let them save face. Number six, praise every improvement. So this one gets a little tricky. Uh, There's a great book by Ken Blanchard uh, called The One Minute Manager. Um, And it's a fascinating book. And He talks very much about uh, catching people doing something right. Um, We don't want to feed too many uh, compliments because then it becomes petty and they feel like they're back in kindergarten. But the idea is that when they are doing something right, once again, it's great to give them that feedback and it's great to acknowledge that. And uh, certainly when we're trying to make changes in how they operate, um, it is really good to give them a pat on the back, figuratively, I mean, and to talk to them and say, you know, this is great. We talked about this last week and now I see how you've implemented these changes and how they're happening already this week. And I really appreciate that. Hard work. Um, there are very fascinating studies that might be surprising at first glance, but I think you'll understand it and agree with it if you think about it. And you could look them up as well. There's many, many studies on um, the honor and prestige that a company brings to a person and the fulfillment in what they're what they're doing versus the financial compensation. And time and again, people are shown that they actually appreciate the ability to have creativity. And fulfillment in their work much more than financial compensation. Yes, it's true that if you don't pay an employee enough that they could live on, they're going to always look around to try to go to a different company and be able to have enough money to live on. But when it comes to paying the uh, medium average, that uh, medium uh, paycheck that they would require to live on, Um, one of the biggest factors whether someone stays in the company or not is whether they feel that they could be productive and make a contribution there. And this is just so important. People want to feel that they can make a contribution. And that is really, really fulfilling in a company. And just knowing that and showing people how they have meaning and how they bring purpose to what they do is, is really more powerful sometimes than giving them a little bonus. Of course, bonuses are appreciated, but ultimately the motivation that keeps people in a company is their ability to impact others and to make a difference. Number seven, give the other person a fine reputation to look up to. If I look at you and I speak to you in respectful manners, uh, I think that that will greatly motivate you to try to live up to that. But if I'm always putting you down, then you have nothing to prove because you know that I've already decided my opinion about you and you're and you're very right because we all get stuck in what we call uh, confirmation bias where we decide something and then we just, that becomes our target and we just keep confirming it over and over again. For example, uh, during elections, oftentimes people are not swayed. They decide very quickly, usually very early on, who they would like to vote for, and they just keep it. And they, they hold on to that belief almost dogmatically Uh, despite any evidence there's most people uh, knew all along who they were going to vote for and anything that is good about that person they use that as more proof and anything bad they kind of downplay and say who cares everyone no one's perfect or it's exaggerated etc and so confirmation bias is very real and I I deal a lot with it in the uh, mental health room and in coaching because a lot of people have confirmation biases about others and we even have confirmation biases about ourselves they're called learn helplessness and we've uh, talked about that in the past. So when we look at other people and we give them a fine reputation to look up to, uh, to live up to, that certainly encourages them to produce more, and shows us shows them that we believe in them. Number eight, use encouragement and show them how easy it is to correct things, not in a facetious way, but just in a way that doesn't overwhelm them. Employees and people that we work with don't like to be overwhelmed. They like to see that things are fixable. And finally, number nine, make the other person happy about doing what what you suggest. Once again, find what motivates them, find what brings them fulfillment, and show them how they are enhancing the lives of others. Thank you so much for joining me in this four-part series on Dale Carnegie. It's been a very, very fascinating run um, in, in how his ideas really tie very, very nicely into mental health and just teaching us how to mind our own mind um, in really improving our personal functionality and our interaction with others. I hope that you've gained from this, and I look forward to hearing from you ways and things that you've learned from going through this and how you've implemented it and made changes in your own life and your own business. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.